0: Welcome to This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern, one verse, one truth, one choice. Hello and welcome once again to This One Thing where every week we have a specific verse that we're pulling a truth and a choice so that we can actually apply scripture to our lives so thank you for being here with me today today we are going to be specifically focusing on matthew 18 verse 3 but i would like to start today by actually reading it in context so i'm going to read matthew 18 verses 1 through 4 and then we're going to unpack this together to find our truth and then ultimately to make a choice so that we can walk in this passage, this truth, this choice in the coming week. Matthew 18 verses one through four say this about that time, the disciples came to Jesus and they asked who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child to him and he put the child among them. Now here's our verse of the week. Verse three. Then he said, I tell you the truth. Unless you change and you become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. The first thing that jumps out to me in this verse, verse 3, is unless you change. And obviously, we want to know what the change is that's required of us. So if we look at this in context, and we look at why Jesus is addressing the disciples at this time, he is really speaking against a dispute that they've been having the disciples have been arguing over who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven on the side and now they're coming to Jesus and asking him the question in verses one and two but this dispute has been going on and if you want to check it out for yourself you can find in Mark chapter 9 verses 33 and 34 Also in Luke chapter 9, verses 46, the disciples are having this disagreement, this argument. They're wanting to know who is the most important, who's going to be at the right hand of Jesus in heaven. This is something that's very important to them. And Jesus is making it very, very clear in this passage, but specifically in our verse, that it is not important to him. In fact, it's everything that is opposite of what Jesus stands for. So he's really standing up here firmly against this disagreement, this argument that the disciples have been having. And he's saying, you've got to change. You've got to stop it. You've got to become humble. You've got to become childlike because you have nothing to do with my kingdom and you will never be great for my kingdom, in my kingdom until you stop needing to have the place at the head of the table. Unless you stop needing to have social stature and praise and position, you will never ever have a place in my kingdom. So this is definitely something that we need to be applying to our lives as well. And many years ago, when I recommitted my life to the Lord, he taught me to pray scripture over myself. And I started seeing Jesus through my spiritual eyes. And what I mean by that is in Ephesians chapter one, verse 18, Paul is praying for the church at Ephesus and he says, open our eyes, enlighten our spiritual eyes so that we'll know the full hope and inheritance that belongs to us in Jesus Christ. So I started praying that passage. And then I started praying Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, that I would lay aside every weight, every sin, everything that would come between Jesus and I by keeping my eyes on Jesus. So at that time, when I started praying these scriptures and many more, my spiritual eyes being opened with my physical eyes closed, I started seeing Jesus in front of me. At that same time, he told me to claim scripture and to come to him as a child, to have a childlike faith. And I started actually seeing myself as a little girl and typically three to four years old, I'd see myself as a child when I would come to Jesus in prayer. And I think that one of the reasons that Jesus wants us to come to him as children is because we are fully admitting our need for him. We are completely dependent on him when we come to him as children. And often when I speak, I'll say we've got to get out of our super smart heads and we have got to allow the Holy Spirit to humble us so that we are following the lead of the Holy Spirit within us. We have, as daughters and sons of the King who have committed our lives to Jesus Christ, we have the exact same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead inside of us. But we cannot walk in that power if we are thinking and operating and dependent on our human intellect So what happens when we come to him as children, we're humbling ourselves, but we're also getting in a posture where we are fully available for the Holy Spirit to speak to us and move through us. And so now this is a really big part of my counseling practice. When I meet with clients, the second hour is almost always reserved for healing prayer. And I will pray scripture over my clients. And then I will speak over them that with Jesus, they're just a child. They're just a little boy or just a little girl. And when they allow themselves in that childlike posture, they are able to give their burdens, give their weights, give the things that are making them tired or weary or exhausted and hand those things over to Jesus because they're keeping their eyes on him, just like Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says. So I really believe that the change that we need to be embracing is that we would come to Jesus humbly and as children, not just at the point of salvation where we're saying, Jesus, I need you. I can't do it without you. I need you to be my savior. Yes, that is a childlike posture at the point of salvation, but we also need to be embracing this childlike posture daily in our relationship with him, coming to him as children in prayer, asking him to open our spiritual eyes so that we can see him, but that we can also see ourselves as children. So let's talk for a minute about why Jesus might be calling us to be childlike with him beyond the humility. Yes, we've already said it, to be childlike with Jesus is an absence of pride. It is to walk in humility, but it's also a a posture of complete dependency on him. It's a posture of knowing our own personal inadequacy that Jesus, we need you. We need you because we can't figure out the world. We can't figure out our family. We can't figure out our situations at work. Or we can't parent without you. Or we can't be a good friend without you. Or Jesus, I can't figure out my finances without you. Or I have no control over my health, Jesus. I'm completely dependent on you. Children are also joyful. They're enthusiastic. They're energetic. They ask a lot of questions they trust easily. One of the things I love a lot about children, and this is a great carryover into our spiritual life with Jesus, is they receive easily. When we're in a childlike posture with Jesus, when he wants to bless us and give us spiritual inheritance, wants us to receive his joy, his peace, his hope, we're going to receive that much more easily if we're in a childlike posture with him. Children also give their struggles, their problems easily. Think of a child who's too short to reach a high cabinet and they want a cookie. They're going to run immediately to their mother and say, mom or dad, whoever is available, I need a cookie, help me. There's no pride. There's no thought of, well, I don't want to look silly. I don't want to look like I can't do it myself. They, they run and they ask for help. And that is the posture that we need to be in spiritually with Jesus, Children are not threatening or intimidating. They're just playful and they're just who they are. No pretenses, no posturing. Children are inherently not good at lying or being deceiving. They just speak their truth and they're blunt, aren't they? They just speak whatever's on their mind. Children are not concerned about social stature. They don't need to have a position or a title. They are humble. And isn't it the thing that we've talked about so many times in this podcast? Jesus himself tells us to learn of him and be like him in Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30. And that is, that humility is ultimately the most perfect picture of childlikeness where we don't know everything and we cannot do everything ourselves. So this picture of being a child is pretty common in the New Testament. So for the sake of time, you can just write down and look up later, Mark 10, 13 through 15. Now, it's almost exactly the same wording, the same passage that we find Luke 18, 15 through 17. So Mark 10, 13 through 15, and Luke 18, 15 through 17, they're the same story, the same passage, written almost exactly the same way. So I will only right now, for the sake of time, read Mark 10, 13 through 15. It says this, One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch them and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with the disciples. And he said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. So again, Jesus is repeating what he's saying in our passage of the week in Matthew 18 but it's important that we recognize that if we come to him as children, if that's how we enter the kingdom of God at the point of salvation, we need to also be staying in a childlike posture to receive him in our relationship with him today. It's not enough just to be childlike and say, Jesus, I need you to be my savior. We need to be experiencing the full inheritance of our salvation by willingly and intentionally putting ourselves in a childlike posture every day when we pray, every day when we open his word, saying, Jesus, I need you to pray for me. Romans 8 26 or 28. I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to say unless you pray for me. Jesus, I can't understand your word unless you re- reveal your truth to me through your word. Interpret what you want to say to me through the power of your word today that I can receive it and apply it to my life. I think my favorite biblical example of this childlike humility is King Solomon. King Solomon is arguably the wisest and wealthiest man that ever lived. And we know this from 1 Kings chapter three. If you wanna read verses three all the way through 14, I'm gonna let you do that on your own time. But one night God appeared to Solomon in a dream and he said to him, what do you want, Solomon? Ask whatever you want and I'm gonna give it to you. And Solomon replies to God, you have shown great and faithful love to your servant, my father, David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. And now you have continued to show this great faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. So he's referring to himself. In verse 7 of 1 Kings chapter 3, Solomon says this to God, Oh, now, O Lord, my God, you have made me king instead of my father, David, but I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. From there, Solomon continues and he says, God, please give me wisdom. Help me to know how to lead your great people. I'm like a child, God. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this. So one of the greatest kings in all of history, and we know from God's word, the wisest man that will ever live because God answered his prayer for wisdom, also gave him extraordinary wealth. And he had every resource at his disposal. This man, who had everything by the world's standards, said, God, I'm like a child. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do it without you. Would you help me? And God elevated him to a mind-blowing place of power, authority, wealth, prestige. He was sitting at the head of the table. And this is Jesus's example to us as King Solomon is this example to us. We look to Jesus ultimately for our example and Jesus humbled himself to the point of death to be raised up to be at the right hand of the father. And so if Jesus is our example in all things, his humility is, is exactly what we need to model. And we model his humility by operating in childlikeness in our relationship to him. Just like King Solomon saying, God, I can't do it without you. And this is a relief for us, this is a gift for us. So our choice for this week is to say, I'm gonna choose to be childlike. I know the truth. I've been invited to be childlike because that's how I inherit the kingdom of heaven. But I get to choose it. And if I choose it, it actually becomes a place of peace and rest because I don't have to have it all figured out. I don't have to know everything. And guess what? When we enter into a childlike relationship with him, we can sleep at night. Imagine a child. What do they do when they're scared? Let's say there's a thunder and lightning storm outside. A child runs into his or her parents' room. Mommy, daddy, I'm scared. And the parent comforts the child and rocks them to sleep and puts them back in their bed. And when we come to our father as children, we're allowing him to comfort us, to care for us, to reassure us through the Holy Spirit that the world is not falling apart it is very much under his control that he knows exactly what's going on in russia and the ukraine all over europe and he knows what's going on in your home he knows what's going on with your health inside of your body he knows what's going on with your job with your finances with your children with your marriage with your family with your friends He knows what's going on in your life and if you will come to him as a child he can comfort you and remind you that he has got it under control. I often use the analogy of being a child and going on family vacation and when you're a kid imagine that you're three or four years old and you're going on family vacation and it's time to pack. You don't know how to pack your suitcase your mom has to pack it for you. You might throw a couple things in a bag because you're trying to be a big helper. But the reality is when you're a kid, you just get in the car. Your parents pack. Your parents have the money for all of your accommodations and for the gas. They have the directions. They know where you're going. You have no idea where you're going. You can't drive. You don't have any resources. You didn't bring any snacks. You didn't even pack your own suitcase. Your parents take care of all of it. And I think that's the posture that we need to have as we go through this journey of life. We are not in the driver's seat. And if we are in the driver's seat of our own life, that equates to a tremendous amount of stress and pressure that Jesus never intended for us to carry. It is time for us to recognize that we are children in the backseat of the car. Our Father God is driving the car. He is an excellent driver. He doesn't need our instruction, our help. No backseat driving necessary. He's got the directions. He knows where he's going. He has all of the resources to get us there. He has planned every detail. And he knows the exact timing of every stop and when we need to get back on the road. When we are children, we can sit in the back seat of the car and trust him to drive us to our destination, which is home in heaven with him. And we can trust him to take care of the things that we cannot understand that are too big, too lofty, too far beyond our human finite brains. This is what King Solomon understood. And this is what the disciples in Matthew 18, 1 through 4, had yet to understand. And Jesus is saying to them, as he is saying to us, if you will put aside your pride, if you will put aside your need to be important, to have positions or title or social stature, if you will come to me and you will be childlike, you will inherit not only my kingdom, but the fullness of a relationship with me today here on earth that I truly died for and intended for you to have this side of heaven. I don't intend for you, Jesus is saying, to be completely stressed out and anxious, taking responsibility for your life that you just cannot take because you don't know all the answers you don't know every detail of the trip you can't plan every detail of your life because you are not in control he's saying I am so we gave Jesus control at the point of salvation let's choose this week to give back that control, to say, Jesus, I've been driving the car of my life. I'm going to choose to come to you in a childlike posture, ask questions, trust you easily, give my burdens to you easily say, I'm tired. I'm weary. I can't do it. I give all of this to you, Jesus, you're responsible. You figure it out. And Jesus, I'm going to receive your promised rest and your promised peace. I'm dependent on you, Jesus. I can't do it without you. And as I give you all of my burdens, as I give you all of these weights, I am going to choose to walk in a joyful, enthusiastic, energetic, childlike exuberance because you've got it, Jesus. You're at the will. You're in charge. You're in control. That hasn't changed. And you're going to be in control and you're going to have everything covered that affects me and my loved ones until I am with you face to face in heaven. I don't need to worry. I don't need to be afraid because I'm just a child and you're my father who I can trust driving the car. So I want to go into prayer, but I would love to encourage you if this message is one that the Holy Spirit is really prompting you to grab a hold of and apply this week why don't you intentionally spend some some time with a child? I think it will be so encouraging for you to make your own list. What are all the childlike behaviors that we can model in our relationship with Jesus? How can we be childlike with him so that we are sure that we are benefiting from everything he promises us at salvation? Make a date with your favorite child, if it's a niece or a nephew or your own child or your grandchild, and write down some of the things that you see in their behavior that you can model in your relationship as you pray and as you are in the word so that you can receive everything Jesus Christ died for you to receive in your relationship with him today and then ultimately in your relationship with him until you're with him face to face. So I'm going to pray, but I do want to let you know that the next four weeks, the Unfittered team and I have decided that it would be so much fun to play our favorites from the past year. We've been doing this, This One Thing podcast for over a year now. So we're going to take the next four weeks to play our favorites. And we really hope that you enjoy listening to some of the messages that have blessed us as a team in the last year. Let me pray. Father God, I thank you so much that we have this invitation to come to you as children, to be at peace, to be at rest, knowing you're driving the car. You're in charge. You're in control. You know exactly where we're going. You have all the resources. You have it all planned out. There are no surprises on the journey, nothing that you can't handle. I pray that we would be willing to change. And become like children so that we can fully enter a relationship with you. Fully enter the kingdom of heaven by fully entering into a relationship with you. Not trying to do it ourselves. Not going into our heads and thinking that we can problem solve everything that's difficult in our lives. Help us to lay down what we can't understand, what we cannot do. The weights, the frustration, the exhaustion, the anxiety in our lives and receive the gift of your peace and your rest as a child would so that we can enter into that joy, into that peace that you died for us to have. Let us be childlike in our relationship with you so that we can be free and we can invite others into a relationship with you as well. And it is in the strong and powerful name of Jesus I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Find all our episodes by clicking the podcast link located on our website at fetterfree.org.